Well, welcome in everybody. NTT time. Uh, that that March um, feeling, that smell is in the air. Um, just got done uh, watching St. Peter's knock off Purdue. Did you watch that? Mm -mm. Uh, I did not. That's so terrible. That ruins the rest of my racket brackets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's so fun. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That actually sucks. Wow. <laughs> okay. Great. I mean, I thought it was pretty exciting. <laughs> oh, I bet it was. I'm very happy for them, but not happy for my bracket. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So March is in the air. You can smell it. Um, and, you know, me and you, we're not too happy. We're not in the NTT, but nope. you know what? We're not too proud to talk about it. So. <laughs> Not we the best year here, but that's all right. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So let's start off. We're going to start off talking about region three. We usually go one through four, but you know what? We're only going to do two. And then I think a couple other guys are going to do two more, um, maybe yes. Sunday or something. So we can pick whatever ones we want, right? <laughs> exactly. Great. Well, let's start off with a 116 matchup. And this looks fun. Uh, Bakersfield against Clearwater. Mm -hmm. uh, so Clearwater is a mainstay. They make it to the NTT, it seems like, every year except last year. and But this year they snuck in by winning their conference tournament as a 10 seed or as, as a 7 seed, um, just kind of rolling through um, the 2 seed, the 3 seed, and then beating the 4 seed to make it to the NTT as a 16. So that's mm -hmm. great for Coach JD and his uh, – um, sit rockers, not, not his best team, but he's got some solid guys. He got a freshman class that he could build on. He's got a sophomore class. They're young. Um, and you know what? Hey, you're going to get some experience, but you're going up against a juggernaut and you know, all about Bakersfield. Um, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you talk about Bakersfield, but first let me, uh, real quick, uh, Bakersfield has the number two guy in game score in Israel Williams. Um, number nine, they're number nine in defensive three points allowed. Number two in true shooting. Number six in defensive true shooting. Number one in true shooting margin. Number uh, nine in rebounding margin. Number three in assists. Number three in points. Number one in point margin. Yeah, so they got, they got a lot. Number two, 17 and one, only lost one game all year. Ran through. You guys gave him a run. You took him to overtime. So if anyone knows how to beat this team, it's you. <laughs> um, it, even though you didn't beat him technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I, I will say Clearwater is number four in defense at three point three pointers allowed, and that's their only category where they're top ten. What do you think of this matchup? Yeah, uh, super big respect to both coaches. Um, obviously, both Hawkeye and JD are um, just. Yeah, all time. I think they're both in the top 15, top 16, it looks like, for Bakersfield. Um, so, yeah, lots of respect to them. I've, it, yeah, I've definitely gotten the brunt of Bakersfield uh, being in their conference and on their side of the conference. So, uh, this season had to play them three times, and I'm at least playing them twice every season. Um, yeah, they are a juggernaut. Uh, you're looking to, Israel Williams, obviously, as one of the top players in the league. 
um, can score, can pass, can steal the ball. Nothing he can't really do. Um, but what's interesting is he's been in a bit of foul trouble um, this year. So keep an eye out on that. Um, and freshman Austin Alexander backed up by Larry and How- Larry Hallenberg- Hallenbeck um, are both obviously the two one part of that class. So um, a super well-rounded team uh, focused on scoring. Um, and so there's, I, the only one thing that you can point is that they're not super tall. Not mm-hmm. that they lack in height, but they're not like running three, six, 10, six, 11 guys. Um, Angel Johnson is a six, six at small forward, which some might argue is on the shortest that you'd want in the small forward position. Um, but he obviously holds his own um, really solid team. Uh, my ho- only hope in the past has been uh, running zone to try and limit uh, the points in the paint. They don't take a ton of threes respective to um, the big three point shooter teams out there. Uh, they do rely a lot of uh, scoring in the paint. Um, and so running a zone, having a good lockdown defense on the inside uh, has been beneficial, obviously has not led to a, an actual win yet. So I would love to see somebody um, do it, do it there, but uh, Bakersfield's coming off of an NTT win, their third tied for the most ever uh, in the league for three NTT championships. And this is Israel Williams last year, um, which I am so happy about. I am so ready for him to be gone. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how he ends his senior year. Does he end it in a bang or um, will it be cut short? I'm not sure. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Well, great analysis there. Um, you know, they're they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, but and especially this top half of the bracket, it just looks a lot of fun. There's a lot of um, just solid teams, and even the bottom's got some solid teams too. So should be fun. Um, yeah, let's move on to the next matchup. We got Lansing, the blue color color, going up against Manassas Bloodbath. Now this is a rivalry from the PNTT. Ooh, um, yeah, it is. So, yeah, Coach uh, Coach Waylon Four of Manassas Bloodbath called out Coach Sam, and he's and he's like, "I want Lansing, I want Lansing," and <laughs> finally Lansing's like, "Okay, we'll uh, we'll we'll enter the PNTT, we'll play you guys." Comes back for <laughs> yeah. that for that rivalry call out. Yeah, so Lansing wasn't top ten in any statistical category uh, in the NTT. Manassas is. Uh, Nathan Martin's number 10 in game score. Uh, they are number one in free throws attempted. And that is it for them. It looks like a solid matchup. They played earlier in the year, and Manassas got the best of them uh, in game um, two. Mm-hmm. But a lot's changed since then. Um, you know, there was a lot of foul trouble in that game, and uh, – it looks yeah. like Sam's changed up not his entire lineup, but a lot of his lineup since then. He's playing a, he's playing with a very different team than he did uh, in that game. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Um, both of them. What I'm what I'm looking at just real quick is they both run are have played against some of the top teams in the league, like 
Uh, Manassas has a strength of schedule of 21. Uh, Lansing's at 34. And yet they're both shooting super well. Both have true shot of 50, 55% or higher. Um, with Manassas having three players shooting in the double digits at 60% true shot or better. That's yep. nuts. That is inc- that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely Lansing has a bit of a height advantage in uh, down low. Um, so we'll probably look to see that have an effect. Um, I know Lansing kind of wiped the floor with us early in the season, um, but I'm interested to see how it all plays out um, on the grudge match. Because if you look at their first meeting, Lansing had 25 fouls where Manassas only had eight. Um, So even though Manassas won by 13, like they had a 20 point difference in free throws alone. Mm -hmm. Whereas Lansing shot actually more had more points from the field. So I'm sure that Lansing is itching to have a rematch with these guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this will be a little preview of uh, their matchup next year too. Um, I'm really in <laughs> yeah, what, for sure. Kind of the kind of the matchup I'm looking at is Christian England against Nathan Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Martin's the best player on the floor. I don't think mm-hmm. that anyone's gonna argue with that. Um, yeah. He's a stud. He scores. He scores efficiently. He plays defense. He works the ball around. Um, but you can tell, like, just looking at the stats, England's England's a really solid defender. Um, he uh, He's averaging 1.4 steals, and he's not even averaging 30 minutes, so it's 1.6 if you um, do it per 30. And, uh, yeah, so – and some of my guys had a hard time against him when we played them twice. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yeah, Sam mm-hmm. always has a good team. Um they have solid players, and uh, yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, how he can do against. Uh, how yeah, he can do against Martin. I I will point out when we played him, uh, Christian Engel England was shooting guard, and Noah Brown, my point guard, was also shooting guard. Who Noah averages 33 points on like 58, 59 percent true shot, and he held mm-hmm. him to eight and 26. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely has a defense. If it doesn't fully show up there in steals, it might show up a lot more in just stopping the stopping the scoring. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm that, that's kind of the matchup I'm looking for there, but it should be a good one. Um, let's look at the next matchup. We got Montpelier Peepers against the uh, Charlotte Sandsharks. Another two PNTT teams. So it looks like one. I mean, there's only two non-PNTT teams in the uh, top half of the bracket: Bakersfield, who's dragging their feet, and Fort Lauderdale. But uh, we'll get to them. Um, so Montpelier, they just got a really solid team. Um, it seems like every year they bring in good classes. Uh, you know, they got their freshman and sophomore classes that are six nine and um, sixteen fourteen, and then. Their junior senior classes are 64, 72, 69, 74. Uh, Ethan James has been playing incredible this year, 23.8 points for them. Uh, Moises Gary, I mean, these guys are tall too, 6'6 six, six at the point guard, 6'7 at shooting guard, 6'8, 7'1 yeah. seven, seven, at center, 6'10 with Stewart. At, mm-hmm. uh, and they really split time. They even put their two 6'10 guys 
in quite a bit off the bench. So um, they like to throw a lot of guys out there at you. Charlotte is interesting. Charlotte's a um, – they're a good team. Uh, and, you know, they they kind of they, – they spread it around. Colton Ross, uh, they rely on him for a lot of their scoring. Um, D'Angelo Garden is a solid point guard, um, averaging seven assists and almost 14 points. Uh, yeah, Sad Hill's an efficient um, big man that can score. So they can match these guys in height. But, um, yeah, it should be an interesting match here. Let me look real quick. Charlotte is um, number four in uh, free throw attempts and number 11 in defensive three points allowed. Number seven in true shooting. Uh, and then Montpelier is number six in free throws attempts, free throw attempts, number 10 in defensive true shooting, number six in offensive rebounds, number nine in steals, number five in blocks. Um, so, yeah, they get to the line, they play defense. Um, looks like it'll be a good matchup. What, what do you think of this one? Yeah, it is really interesting that two of the like, we talked about this in the last one, but uh, two of the super tall teams are running up against mm -hmm. each other here. Um, I am looking more towards uh, Montpelier's defensive just prowess. Both. So first we want to start off just to give some context to all these stats is Montpelier has a strength of schedule of 152 and Charlotte has 180. Mm -hmm. um, but Montpelier is holding those opponents to 40% from the field um, and 46 overall true shot. Um, while getting, you know, 10.4 blocks and 8.9 steals, which defensively I know those stats have to be high, uh, yeah. as well as only turning the ball over at 9.5 times. Um, so will that match up? Uh, how will that match up against, you know, Charlotte's better true shot ratio at 56 um, and um, better field goal percentage? Um, you're coming at, a better shooting team in Charlotte um, and a bit more dispersed point um, responsibility there. Um, I personally think that the defense will win out in this one. Um, I'd probably pick Montpelier over Charlotte for this just purely because of that defense, 40% from the field uh, yeah. for their opponents on Montpelier is kind of crazy. And Charlotte's an interesting team. You kind of look at their schedule and you're like, who do they really beat? You know, obviously their conference, it's just not very good. <laughs> um, mm. Like, not that conference six is amazing, but they have a lot more top heavy um, mm. teams and even teams like Carnegie. It's like you know they're better than their their record. You know, they're, mm. I think they they lost to Carnegie and it's kind of like okay. I mean, they did beat Reno in double overtime in uh, the first game of the season yeah. and uh, lost to St. Paul. It just seems like I can't look. I mean, and that's their signature win, you know. You can't really look at the rest of their schedule and think, oh, these guys are ready for this game, you know. They, mm -hmm. they played in the PNTT, but the schedule wasn't – it wasn't um, too tough for them. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they made it through um, – yeah, yeah, that's just some of my thoughts. Yeah, and, I 
Yeah, for also Montpelier, just to give towards their defensive prowess, they beat Ann Arbor in the first game of the season, mm-hmm. which we know Ann Arbor is just an offensive powerhouse. Um, so, yeah, just keep your eye on that. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's move on to the next, uh, yeah, next matchup here. No. In the 5-12 matchup, we have the uh, St. Paul Saints, typically Coach Blue, going against the Fort Lauderdale Wolverines. Um, St. Paul, number 19, they won their conference uh, championship, lost in the conference tournament. Um, St. Paul is number 10 in defensive true shooting, um, and no other things are they top 10. Fort Lauderdale is number four in offensive rebounds, number one in turnovers, number four in three points attempted, and that's it. So, uh, yeah, two different teams. Uh, Fort Lauderdale really relies on those rebounds. Not a great strength of schedule, but they got some talent. That sophomore class with uh, Payne Gillespie and Gary Ellers. Um, Gary Ellers is a really solid player. He was one of the best players coming out, and – they have some talent on this team for sure. Um, and they went through conference uh, nine pretty much unscathed before losing to Vicksburg at the end. They lost to Jacksonville during the season. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they got Huntsville on their schedule. They got Vicksburg, um, played Memphis out of conference. But it's not anything compared to what St. Paul's going through. And with the 49 strength of schedule, playing a tough schedule in the PNTT, going through conference 14, which has the likes of Rockford, Canton, Cleveland, um, teams like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just looking at Fort Lauderdale cause I saw the class rankings and I was like, Oh, that junior class, but then realized, Oh yeah, you can just sit two of those people. And then you yeah, have yeah. three really solid classes that you can play with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Gary Ehlers uh, is is nuts. It looks like they've um, trying to figure out really where he lands. He played half the half the season at shooting guard, and then it looks like the last half has been point guard. Um, Seems like he's done okay at point guard. Maybe a yeah. few too many turnovers, but doesn't look like he's been out of place there. Right? No, not at all. And he um, played there last year, I think. So mm, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to the one of the things that worries me a bit, even on the strength of schedule of 227, Fort Lauderdale is only averaging 4.8 blocks. Hmm. Uh, and so St. Paul does shoot a decent amount of threes, um, but of their 65 shots, only 12 of them are from deep. Um, and so with you know Taylor, you Ewing, Ewing, uh, and Daniel Lake, who we know Daniel Lake is a really solid player. Um, will that lack of defense um, in the paint be a, a big issue? Um, is probably where I my worry would be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting team. You know, Ludwig seems like he's underperformed this year, especially in comparison to last year. Um, I think you know he's a solid player. Last year is uh, shooting fifty-eight point six percent true shooting, 
mm-hmm. um, this year. He's down to 51. So they've had a little problem with the efficiency and trying to get it figured out. Uh, I think halfway through the year they put Mean Collier. How is he going to do against a? Uh, how is he going to do against a six-seven guy like Allers? That's just, uh, yeah, really solid. Um, Hmm. so that that should be interesting um yeah in some ways you know st paul looks like they're they're just a little small and you know they they put they play a lot of different guys but they don't seem like they're as efficient as they want to be um you know they kind of hover around that they're 53.6 percent uh true shooting probably because they get to the line a decent amount and uh they make their three pointers uh, which helps, but in a game like this, it's like okay, you can't you can't settle for variance. You need you need buckets, you know. And mm, uh, right, they're not a high scoring team. I'm interested to see. I mean, it, it's really Fort Lauderdale um, and their offense. They're a decent offensive team, and uh, yeah, they might they might struggle a little bit because they've been playing pretty low competition, and they still haven't been. Um, amazing, I guess. Mm-hmm. So but they shoot a lot of threes. They get those offensive rebounds, trying to extend the um, extend the game. Get, but does that work mm-hmm. against a team like this? Right. We'll yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to the bottom half of this bracket. So we have Yakima, the Striders, going up against the Albany Fleet Wings. Um, Yakima, coached by Coach uh, McProjay. Uh, you know, they they got a pretty solid team. Last year they won the P- PTT. Mm-hmm. They brought back uh, four of those guys and brought in a decent class, 1230. And they started Corbin Montgomery, undersized power forward, but he seems to be doing fine, uh, scoring a lot of points there. Uh, yeah. You got Raider, you got Tanner Stallworth, probably. I mean, yeah, I mean, you'd think he's the star, but Jake Parker has been playing incredible 18 points, 10 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 3.6 blocks, 1.4 steals. Uh, he's playing really good at, in his senior year. Uh, yeah, probably, probably his best season. So uh, that's that's always nice to, nice to have. Let me real look real quick. Yakima is number one in assist, number seven in steals, number six in turnovers, number seven in points. They are number, Jake Parker's number nine in game score, number eight in free throws attempted. Um, That's it. Uh, I'll look up Albany quick. Uh, Albany is number 10 in steals, number seven in blocks, and that's it. So, um, Albany's got their... Got their work cut out for him, but Jordan Wild is good. Um, he shoots a lot of threes, 4.8 a game. He makes 1.7 up in 35.6%. Um, they seem to have to have a big game if they want a chance at this one. Yeah. Uh, really interesting teams as I'm just looking at it here. Obviously, Yakima is really good. I played them a couple times the beginning of this season in scrims. Just got wiped real hard mm-hmm. by them. They're really solid. Um, it's crazy. You have two players averaging in the 20 point, uh, game score for them and Michael Raider yeah. and, and Jake Parker. 
Um, Jake Parker was one of those guys that I was watching uh, as recruits came in. Um, Yakima, I know the coach personally. And so when he came in, I was keeping my eye on him. Uh, and he's just not really played really up to snuff of what we expected uh, until his senior year, where he's just been moved from the power forward to the center position. And it's really just unlocked him as a player. Um, and now that I'm looking at their team, you have two guys in M Michael Rader and Hunter Holder who are averaging 8.3 yeah. assists and 2.2 steals. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, and yet you go over to Albany. So the if you're looking at their junior, so looking at Albany, looking at their junior and freshman classes, is not good classes, right? And it looks like they're hiding their junior class in the N.A., uh, but their senior class is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that is resulting in 10.3 blocks per game. You have Richard Goodson, who from the power forward position is still getting 2.8 blocks as a 6'9 player. That's nuts. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And so uh, they, if you're looking at um, Yakima, who only shoots 7.6 threes per game, most of their points are coming from down and close and mm -hmm. you're going up against one of the, one of the better blocking and stealing teams. Um, yeah. And they're, they're keeping for Albany, they're keeping their opponents to 39.6 uh, field from the field. So um, while Albany uh, just looking real quick at their, I mean, their strength of schedule is not great. They've had some not great losses. Um through it but i think that they they have i mean a chance uh, i'll say a chance they have a, yeah. a decent lineup in the fact that they're going up against somebody who shoots a lot from in the paint and if that's the best chance they could have hoped for like and unless they're like going up to like ann arbor right that that would have just been not okay but yeah 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 and yeah so their chance is Ty tyrus Wor worley and richard gutson Mm -hmm. just show up and they make right. they make it really hard and kind of i mean yeah it's gonna be interesting uh yakima i can't see him switching their um switching their lineup you know mm -hmm. uh, but you know it's, it's like okay you don't have to guard hunter holder you know and right. michael raider he's not a willing shooter nest i mean he can make a shot for sure right but he's not that's not his first Mm -mm. their job is get the ball into the paint and right. let those two guys go to work. And mm -hmm. coincidentally, they're going up against the two best players on Albany's team. Right. And not to mention Montgomery is going to be playing against a guy that's much taller than him. So, right. Right. And then you also, yeah, you also look at Tanner Stallworth who only has 0.6 steals and 0.4 blocks going mm -hmm. up against Jordan wild, who is their best shooter. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. So it could be, yeah, it could be a, a matchup that, you know, um, Yakov is not going to like. But I mean, that's what we see all the time. We see 15 seats be uh, two seats. It's it's mm -hmm. not uncommon in this league. So um, yeah, they should they should be watching. Um, let's move on to the Fargo Olympia matchup. Team uh, Fargo Wild, coached by Coach Caruso. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Matthew Griffin, the senior, um, shooting 55.3% true shooting with 21.4 uh, points per game. Uh, their, 
Your point guard, Jonathan Porter, 6'7", can shoot. Um, he's not a passer, but he can play defense. Uh, he got, um, I guess he's the shooting guard, not the point guard, huh? They always they, – they're throwing me off with this uh, <laughs> weird lineup, but yeah. I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, they've been trying to find that point guard, I think. Uh, yeah, they it find like it, it later in the season with – yeah, Scully. Uh, Scully stopped playing mm. it, so I guess uh, Stinson um, started playing it down the stretch. Mm. So yeah, that's what it looks like at least. Yeah, yeah. Huh. you know, and looks like they've won a lot of overtime games since <laughs> played in three overtime games since he he went to the point guard. That's crazy. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, so they're battle tested. They're ready for this. So right. let's look. Let's look real quick. Uh, Fargo is number two in assist, and that's it. Olympia is number um, – sorry, there's a team called the Peoria Olympics, so that confused me. <laughs> but they're not top ten in any statistical category. Uh you you look at this matchup. You look at Olympia, the Ospreys, coached by Coach Thurm, thirty-two, uh, and they they got some scores. You know, they got some scores in the guard positions, and then they got um, two big men. Not the greatest uh, class rankings, but that sophomore class, nine seventeen, really pulling their weight. They haven't been in the NTT in uh, five years, so it's good mm. for them to be back. Um, they've had a good season. Uh, in Conference 31, which is which is no joke. You know, you got some really right. tough teams. You got Salt Lake City. They and you got Carson City. Both teams are uh, top six teams. Yeah, and Salem. You know, yeah, and Salem, yeah, too. So those three teams are really solid. They haven't really beat anyone, though. <laughs> um, mm. I, I think they're getting by on playing on their strength of schedule going up against teams that they're losing to. Like yeah. Salt Lake City, they lost by 45. Uh, they did keep it within seven against uh, Salem, but lost by 24 to Carson City. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't – I mean, and Eugene he has a good coach, Coach BPG3, um, usually gets his guys going. But I don't know. I think they're going to have a tough time against uh, – yeah, against this Fargo team who's battle-tested and ready and – I guess that's what you always look for, you know, the battle-tested team that has a bad record against a better record who's in an easier conference. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, uh, especially just with Fargo switching up their their lineup so much. I just don't know exactly what I'm looking at, but uh, quick... I'm expecting look- overtime. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> expecting overtime is the bet you want to take there. Um they're a really tall team. Fargo looks to be a really tall team, except for mm-hmm. maybe in their power forward power forward position. But that's Matthew Griffin, who is their best player, right? So I'm not super worried about it. Coming in 21 points at 53, 55% true shot, um, pulling in 1.8 steals as well. Um, yeah, it's it's odd. I don't really know what to take off it. The first, just quick look at it. Um, Seth Hudson, I remember looking at for 
uh, Olympia was a nut, was a really good recruit that I remember wishing that I'd been on. Um, he was on the, mm-hmm. I feel like I remember seeing his name a lot on the stars of the game for the recruits. Um, but he's obviously having a great, great sophomore year um, leading this team. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it comes down to. Maybe it's just the fact that Fargo scores more. Um, just on average, they're scoring 86 points to Olympia's uh, 78. Uh, both are decently solid defensive teams. Um, not much in the terms of blocks, uh, right? And so we look again to Matthew Griffin and Michael McKinley, part of the 5-7 class for Fargo, as their power forward and center. Right. And so having that good of a class down low going up against a team that doesn't block much. Right. So, mm-hmm. and then having 25 assists per game is crazy. I, that would be fun to see, but um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting. I'm not really sure what comes of this one. Yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting. And you know, um, if uh, I mean, we, we both put Yakima on upset watch, if, I mean, the winner of this game, you know, has a good chance if they mm. if they can get to Albany. So that should be interesting too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Not saying that's going to happen or not going to happen, but <laughs> it's something it's something to uh, to be aware of. Um, so I like Fargo in that. Uh, next up, we got Lancaster, the Jared McLeans up against the Sioux City Slickers. Um, Coach Andy posted on the board saying, sorry that he ruined Skylar Wynn over the past couple of years. They snuck in. Um, but, hey, no complaining. He made it to the NTT. And that's hard <laughs> to do. You know, it's hard to do in this league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once you're in there, it's like anyone's got a chance. <laughs> anyone's <laughs> got a chance. So, um, I mean, we've seen that. We've seen 15 seats make it to the finals. We, I think a 15 seed won it one year, right? Didn't Ithaca win it as a 15 seed? I honestly have no idea. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, so I know Ithaca won it one year. Anyway, um, uh, Lancaster and Coach Shad, he was on the board. He was talking about it. He did not like that the committee put him as a three seed with the number eight power rank. Uh, mm-hmm. Yakima actually was ranked number 10, and they got the uh, four, the two seed. So right. kind of interesting decision by the committee there. Um I'm not, I'm not sure what to make of it, but Albany's not the easiest draw. I mean, I don't know if they're – they're not a great matchup for for the two-seed, and that means you got a worse two-seed than you should have anyway. If he was the two-seed, it would have probably meant that it should have been the number nine team yeah. uh, as the three-seed instead he gets the tenth team as the two-seed. So um, <laughs> I think it all works out. Uh, Lancaster's got a really good team. You got Hines, the sophomore, six foot, 18 points a game on 55% true shooting. I really like Eddie Harper. Eddie Harper was a big time recruit, and he's playing like a big time player here in his sophomore season. Seven foot, 10 rebounds, uh, 18.6 points on 58.3% true shooting. Eddie got conference player of the year um, this year, which is a big deal for him. Um, Lancaster, where do they stack up in the uh, top teams? They stack up. They're the number two in offensive rebounds, number one in rebound margin, number eight in defensive three points allowed. Number, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, okay, and then Sioux City. 
is number seven in assist. Number 10, or seven assists, number 10 in turnovers. So they got that assist to turnover ratio down pat. Um, should be an interesting matchup. You got Skylar Wynn, the 6'10 sophomore, um, holding down the paint with 16.8 points. I love that matchup against Harper. It should be a fun one. Um, but it's going to be tough to be uh, the Jeremy Clains here, I think. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the what's interesting is you have um, with Sioux City is a pretty young team, uh, or at least their talent comes in young, right? Even though they're playing, they are playing um, Damien. <laughs> they're two Damien's uh, at point guard and shooting guard um, mm-hmm. with with their seniors. Maybe that's a, a leadership kind of team captain role um, because I don't really see the where the value is coming in for Damien Ridner. Um but um yeah I I first just look at a young team and talent for Sioux City, a worse strength of schedule. Um in terms of wins, they did beat Peoria Olympians three. So that's a that's a big win over the number 36 there. Um but lost them down the stretch. That was basically their only win. Uh, if you look to the exhibition, they did beat Macon uh, Gorillas, who's yeah. number 17 as well. Um, overall, yeah, Lancaster is uh, a really solid team. A lot of talent there. Um, and they're all <laughs> – it, it's crazy to me to see a team with five starters scoring in the double digits. Uh, so yeah. – um, anybody can step up on that team. Um, and obviously, like you said, Eddie Harper is just a, a beast of a recruit and definitely leading that team kind of um, as a yeah. block. They're just pulling in rebounds and putting them right back up whenever anybody misses. So, Yeah. Yeah, and um, Jamal Diaz is a solid player too. Uh, I, I recruited him. I think he was a, I think he was a 6-6 tie they won. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think he was six six tie. So he, I mean, he's really efficient. I'd like to see him shoot more at power forward, but that's what we got right now. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Let's uh, go down to the last uh, matchup. We got Miami, the Astro Plants against the Owensboro Hammers. Miami, coached by Coach Starchild, makes it to the NTT. They got a lot of good clashes. Um, they got, but they they're led by Evan Scott, the sophomore. Center, 21.6 points per game, 12.5 rebounds, uh, two blocks, shooting 54% true shooting. Um, I mean, all the players are fairly good, uh, you know, fairly efficient shooters. But, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the, that's kind of their star. And then Owensboro, 15-3, um, 41, really bad strength of schedule. Uh, they got that senior class in Aiden Ortega. Um, he's really carrying the load, but you got you got a couple other players there too. Um, let's look real quick at their Owensboro is number two in defensive points. They're number two in defensive free throws allowed. Number two in rebounding margin. Number four in blocks. Number yeah, and then. Miami is 
not top 10 in any statistical category. What do you think of this matchup? Um, it's really interesting. If you just take a quick look uh, at the stats, you might think it's somewhat of an even matchup. Um, mm-hmm. But Miami has been able to put up 81 points on 49 or 53% true shot against mm-hmm. a 50 uh, strength of schedule and just looking at who they've played is honestly, that's rather impressive, right? So you yeah. have North folk beer drinkers, uh, in the beginning, they lost in overtime to Pensacola early in the season. Um, they beat new Orleans ninjas. Um, they, uh, lost a, it was a closer game to Pensacola later. Um, it, to play all of these really, really solid teams and to have a 42% defensive field goal percentage is really impressive. Um, And then they're pulling in 41 boards per game, right? Evan Scott is absolutely insane. Uh, Mm -hmm. A 6'9 center pulling in 12.5 boards, 1.4 steals, two blocks, and 21 points on 54% true shot. Um, That is really solid. And while Aiden Ortega is definitely a really good player, I mean, 4.9 blocks and 11 points um, is a really, really good player. I don't think the cast, the supporting cast is there. They have the defense, but it's against the strength of schedule of 216, right? Um, Mm -hmm. uh, They have, I, I mean, they've beaten with some close games, Pasadena Bolts, Culver City Butterburgers, um, they beat Sioux City yeah. Slickers, who we talked about earlier, and Cedar. Well, okay, I'm now looking at these. There are some wins here. Cedar Rapids, they beat twice, um, who is ranked 43. So, and the rest, I guess just the rest of the players. Other, They've played solid teams, and they've played garbage teams. Um, yeah. And so I guess that is swaying it a little bit now that I look at that. Um, I still think that just the talent that's on Miami pulls them through via Evan Scott, um, but mm-hmm. maybe Aiden Ortega just goes off um, and he is able to pull everybody together for that. That's what I'd be looking at. Yeah, and they really do a great job at, at the defense of part of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're holding people to 46.2% true shooting. Yeah. That's really low, 58.6 points per game. And I expect them to give, to give Miami a little bit of tough time. I think their defense is good. Um, Obviously anchored by Ortega and Alexander. Uh, I mean, almost five blocks for Ortega is incredible. Yeah. And um, Evan Scott might have a little problems there with that. That's so, true. That's true. Um, that that can make it interesting. Another thing that's interesting is Miami gives up 14.3 uh, three-pointers per game, um, which is quite a bit. They do a pretty good job at defense, but uh, if, if the three-pointers open – um, Owensboro has shown that they have the capacity to hit it. They have two guys shooting over 50%, two guys in the starting lineup shooting 40%. And the guy that shoots the most, Rodrigo, shoots 33%. So um, that might help them. Um, that Those are the things that help you pull off an upset there. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, let's just kind of look at this uh, bracket. Let's pick some uh, teams that we think um, – can advance. Uh, I think we're going to see a Lansing Bakersfield matchup in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
I think Lansing has the dogs to compete with them, but Bakersfield's the defending champs, you know, and they can bring back everyone except Staymore from last year. And, you know, Alexander might be better, right? Uh, <laughs> so it's just, it's just tough to pick against them. Tough to pin, yeah. pick against a guy that's shooting 64.4% true shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have another guy shooting 62.3. So I think, I think they make it, they make it out of that little pod. Um, I think they'll play Montpelier in the uh, Sweet 16 and beat them uh, on the bottom half. You know, I'm going to pick Elvin. Uh, we put we put Yakima in upset wash. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to take Fargo over Albany, and I'm going to take Lancaster to the Elite Eight, um, but dropping to Bakersfield. Okay. Yeah. I think Bakersfield overall just spoil it. I think Bakersfield's making it out of this um, unless for some reason both Austin Alexander and Israel Thomas get into major foul trouble uh, is the only way that I see this happening. Um, uh, I take Montpelier to, yeah, to lose to them in, um, in that game. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Yakima. I think that Jake Parker is just going to have a continued, just solid senior year. And I think he's going to continue to take them, um, past, uh, that I, I would say Fargo plays them. Yakima beats Fargo. Lancaster plays Miami and Lancaster makes it out. I take Yakima, um, to, to go. I have a bit of a bias there as I know, uh, one coach is in my conference and one I know personally, but, uh, that's my thoughts. Okay, cool. Well, we'll wrap it up there for region three and, uh, we'll do one more for you.